You're ready to be premature <laughs> all over again. Wow, that's, that's impressive. Quick, quick, reset, yeah. quick reset. Last night was Ramos Jizz. A Jizz. Who knew the job was pro bono? I was so high that um, I shit myself at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get still here. Somebody, somebody, everybody mute. Goddamn it, you're killing me. <laughs> My SEAL Team 6 with the SEAL Team 12. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with punching above your weight. The thought you'd get better. Well, I don't know what's worse. You're a ginger or you've been vaccinated. You sit around and drink and solve the world's problems, right? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is a new week. It is a new topic. You hear it every time we come here. The Four Horsemen are back in the studio. Los Cuatro Chinetes are happy to be here. Gentlemen, I'm glad you're here. Hopefully, you're glad you're here. How is everybody doing? I am Aladdin. Aladdin, Aladdin, Aladdin. Why are you? Paula Do you Dean? want the Aladdin news or the Aladdin news? <laughs> <laughs> you are HIV Aladdin. <laughs> yes. Uh, as always, there's Grinch for us, gentlemen. How about the rest of you? Doing great. Well, how are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, we I'm, don't fucking care. I'm Paula Dean. I've answered for everybody. <laughs> Slather yourself up in butter on Friday night, did you there, Paula? Well, you know, mm-hmm. you know how we roll. Butter, salt, sugar, baby. I, I mean, those are the three standards right. on Friday night. Whole hey, stick hey, of hey. butter and a slight hint of racism, and you've got Paula Dean. Yeah, he clearly had a customer to take care of Friday night. So right. Service. Had the service. Service. All right. Well, I'm happy everybody's here, man. I've missed you guys. Looking forward to this one. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, Mac, I'm gonna let you go first. Uh, I know we were just talking about this before we started. You were able to come by some some unicorn bottles of alcohol, but I'm curious to see what you brought to the table today, since I know you found that unicorn while buying something for this drink. So what is it you're drinking? Yeah. So interestingly enough, I, I Mrs. Max sent me a, a recipe she wanted to try today. Um, and it called for blue caracal, which we didn't have. So uh, rolled up into the ABC store yesterday to purchase a bottle of that to make it a uh, make the drink. And as I mentioned to you guys, just kind of happened to be checking out, turned around to look as you do when you're in the liquor store, because yeah, you gotta yeah, check yeah. everything out. And uh, there was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, of... hold on, hold on. Was this Pappy's? No. Angel's Envy? No. Um, E.H. Taylor? No. A little it's Weller? Boston. Blanton's? Blanton's? <laughs> I feel like this is going south. Yeah, really I mean, because you said it was a unicorn, so I'm interested to see like. Well, it's what, a unicorn the... for us Fireball. here in North Carolina. Fireball? Fireball. Uh, <laughs> no, you can find fireball everywhere. I know I've Carolina. built it up, and our listenership's going to be like, that's what he got. That's what he got. Uh, it was a bottle of Buffalo Trace. Uh, uh, um, uh, which, uh, well, considering the fact I that, know. you know, I went to four stores when I was down visiting you in our undisclosed location. Four stores uh, and seven years ago. Stopped <laughs> at two different uh, places on the way home and couldn't find it. Um, so you know, for us, yeah, that's a, that's a unicorn. It's, it's hard to come by here. That's it. He got um, not one, but dose bottles. Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, didn't even but that has nothing to do them. with... And I didn't even have to I mean, I did. He I did, but he didn't have to. Exactly. It was more of a want, a desire. Yeah, it was, it was want. You know, he went, he two went. Two different things. Yep, still fits. <laughs> yep. It was the fifth, so it was okay. Um, that's nothing to do with the drink I made today, though. Sorry, um, go back back to the drink, the blue curry cow. <laughs> so I was going to make, uh, I made what was called a cheap Caribbean. This was the drink that uh, was shared to me. And it's how apropos. Pineapple juice, blue caracal, uh, coconut cream, rum, and lime juice shaken over ice. Wait, um, say it again. Is blue caracal. Blue caracal, pineapple juice. Okay. Grapefruit juice. I think I missed that the first time. I apologize. And lime juice. Okay. Shaken over ice. Gotcha. And it tastes like ass. Really. <laughs> Oh, yes. It was terrible. I'd ask you to hold up your cup, but it's either in a metal cup or a copper cup, and we don't get to see... Oh, we actually get... Wait. Wait. I told you it was terrible. 
So hold on. Can you put that close? Oh, so that's not what you're drinking. Yeah, because I'm like, where's the blue? We're full full circle here. Yeah, and uh, so now you're drinking Buffalo Trace. I made I made a short story long there for you, Chris, because you know that's what I like to do. So I ended up just making it old fashioned. Gotcha. Um, Using Jefferson small batch, uh, trying to finish up some of the bottles I've got here, Uh, and and I was trying to you know recover quickly because. I was like, fuck, well, what do I make now? Um, okay. So, did, yeah. Did Mrs. Mac drink the cheap Caribbean? Uh, no, she had a, a sip and I had a sip and we poured it down the drain. Okay. Drink. okay. Yeah. Duly noted, ladies and gentlemen, cheap Caribbean is not the way to go. Not the way to In go. Fact, Mac, I don't, is that the first time you've ever done that? Is that the first time you've ever made a drink and just been like, yeah, no, this is, t- this is straight shit. I'm out of here. Deuces. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've made some crappy drinks. I mean, you know, we all remember, the, as, as you know, the Negroni. Um, and the Boulevardier and the Raleigh. Um, so, but that's, that's the first one I think I've actually poured down. So, so it did this just out of curiosity, we have not called this back in a while, the cocktail flow app. Did this happen to come from that or? No, I don't know exactly where she got the, uh, the recipe from. She just sent it to me Uh, and it was like a little screenshot with the ingredients. So, so uh, sacrifice she's not to pick drinks anymore. There you go. Sacrifice the cheap Caribbean <laughs> in favor of an old fashioned with Jefferson's. There you go. Yep. Uh, probably a better choice anyway. I think so. All right, there we go. All right, Grinch. I, I saw you tip your glass for something. I couldn't tell what it was, but I'd love to know what you're having. Yeah, uh, this cup, I've never had it before. Um, it is from the Montana Whiskey Company, the Blackfoot River Bourbon. Um, let's see if I can hold this. Up. You just like the bottle. Yeah, I thought it was kind of well, cool. It's easy to keister because it's so, yeah, you know, it looks like you should be taking it on a hiking adventure or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. what is that can't... commercial? Your uh, tin is it tin cup bourbon? Yeah, it is tin cup. Uh, like, like, but that's a glass bottle with like the, the you metal can drink top. out of the top. Yes, but um, yeah, I think yeah, it's you, don't, good. you don't see too many all metal containers. Yeah, I think there's another one that looks like it's in the looks like it's in the paint can almost. Uh, has a red it's a red can I, i'm drawing a blank on it okay. i've had it before but yeah, you're not supposed to drink turpentine man uh <laughs> you don't know put it over ice mm. yeah aged in montana's extremes our bourbon packs notes of heavy caramel spice spicy rye Whatever. and a hint of oak all within a crisp finish yeah and yeah. goat semen and Andy, yeah, honestly when he held it up i thought it was a shaker till he turned it around and the label was on it i know that's what i thought too because it's really what it looks like yeah and i suppose you're drinking it neat I am. Well, no, uh, on the rocks. Oh, ice. On the rocks. Yeah, yeah. the ice. Okay. There and you go. so what's the verdict? Is yeah, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Does it have that crisp finish? Yeah. Okay. Does, does it have an oaky note that lingers on the tongue? You might say that. You okay. might say it's that. It's like an oaky afterbirth. I believe I, believe I did. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Montana whiskey. Blackfoot River bourbon. Bourbon. Yep. Okay. There you go. All right, Haas, what about you, brother? Are you going to make me go first? No, no, that's fine. I'll go. Uh, I don't know if it was subliminal messaging on Mac's part or the fact that um, we're moving in a couple of weeks. So I've basically packed up most of the bar. And of course, the daily drinker doesn't get packed away, right? Because it's the daily drinker. So that's what I'm having today. I'm having some Buffalo Trace. Oh, look at you. Uh, I hope you have a backup bottle because that, that one looks that looked pretty, like it was yes, pretty I have a full, I have a fully <laughs> unopened backup bottle that is not packed away. It is also out in the, yeah. Gotcha. Let Keep it next you. to the bed. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you're anticipating this move being a, a two bottle a bourbon move. The two guys that are helping me move are also, I've turned them into to bourbon junkies as well. So. I had to leave certain bourbons out because uh, I know what they both prefer. So it's like, I guess you can constitute it as your daily drinker when it literally sits next to your bed. Sure. And right. next to the desk and next to the couch and, and next the toilet. to the Xbox <laughs> and next to the toilet and maybe, maybe a bottle near the microwave and Some next to the shower. Drinking so, and driving is wrong, but how else are you supposed to get the kids to school? That's right. <laughs> so when we were, when we were uh, talking earlier today, when we were online, was that what was in your glass that broke? No. Okay. Thank God. Oh, it's just water. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, then I will finish up. I, like Mac, decided to go with more of a Caribbean flair. I did not do the cheap Caribbean. Thank you very much. I decided to go with a Mai Tai, which I haven't done on this show yet. I know it has been done, but I haven't done it. Uh, So it is white rum, a little orange curacao, some lime juice, freshly squeezed, uh, a little orgeat, and then you top it with a little dark rum and garnish with a lime wheel and a mint sprig. All of that to say, I did none of that. 
But that's what's in a Mai Tai. Uh, my wife came home the other day and she's like, hey, I got you this Mai Tai mixer. And I'm like, fuck. Now I'm like, Mac, okay. <laughs> so then she's and like, are you going to try to it? The dark side are you going to try it? Are you going to try it? I was like, fine, I'll fucking try it. So it is basically just light rum in the mixer, shook it up. That's what I'm having as a Mai Tai. But, but yeah, that list right there, that's what would be in this if I were going to be me and not Mac, but I'm pretending to be Mac today. So that's what I'm drinking is just a pre-made Mai Tai with some rum. Are you proud of me, Mac? I, I am. And technically, that's still what's in there. It's just all in a mixer, a pre-made mix. Sure. When you read the ingredients, it's everything that that Absolutely. Said. Right. Uh, so that's what I'm doing. Mai Tai, a little Montana bourbon, uh, what was a cheap Caribbean, but you went with an old-fashioned, and then his daily drinker, Buffalo Trace, on one ice cube, I assume. Yep. As it always is. So, gentlemen, cheers to you as we jump into today's topic. Glad everybody's Roast. here. Oh, that's so Mai Tai E. Mm, quite tasty. Mm, that's and so again, daily water E. <laughs> because I've never had it, I don't know if it tastes similar to what a legit original Mai Tai tastes like, but it's actually not bad. I could see the value in a premix. It's three minutes before showtime. You got to throw something together. There you you go. just poured out what you were going to make. Right. You got to do something. <laughs> exactly. All right, gentlemen, let's go ahead and jump into our topic. So it has been a wild, wild month in what would we say uk in the uk almost said england yeah i guess technically england um you know in case you know you weren't aware the prime minister liz truss who just took office uh not that long ago interestingly enough has since resigned after 45 days of service and uh we thought we would talk i wanted to talk today and i know grinch you brought this up or you sent out a thing about it if I'm not mistaken, it was you. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Or I think I texted about it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. said it's fascinating that this is the shortest term in the history of the United Kingdom of a prime minister. Well, the thing I saw said in the 300, in 300 years. Oh, is that right? Okay. That, yeah. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. That's okay. the, the claim they're making. Shortest serving occupant of Downing Street in over 300 years of British history. Yep. I don't know if that's true or not, but. I, uh, I take their word over mine. Okay. <laughs> it, 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 it is an interesting kind of situation because she was the kind of the standout representative of the, of the conservative party, which took office after Boris Johnson stepped down. I don't actually know all of the issues related to the Boris Johnson situation as to why he stepped down, uh, but that's neither here nor there for this particular episode. Well, I know one of the main, main points was the fact that supposedly he was having um, parties and gatherings at uh what is it? Downing place? Downing what street. Is, Downing street. Yeah, yeah. At the, at the actual residence of the, of the PM, he was having parties and get togethers and gatherings during the lockdowns there. And a lot of people were pretty pissed off about that. Yeah. And I'm assuming so, doing it on the public's dollar would be doing my on the public's dollar. And then, and then of course, supposedly lying about it and say they didn't do it, but that's, that's my understanding. That was the big crux. But I mean, let's just be honest. A lot of it is that he's I don't know, crazy like a Fox, but still crazy. He, he, he is who he is. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, now, her very short tenure was mired with a number of issues. The first notwithstanding is that she takes office in September and right on the heels of her taking office, the queen dies. Long live the queen. May she rest in peace for all you who are English or live in the UK. But apparently once she took office and the queen passed away, she was forbidden to do anything politically while the state was in mourning. And I guess that was like two weeks. So the first two weeks in office, she could politically do nothing. So from September 6th until September 23rd, she basically politically did nothing, which sucks, you know, and that's like they talk about here in the United States, right? The president's most crucial days are the first hundred days in office. And here you are the 6th through the 23rd of September. She was not allowed to do anything on a, from a political standpoint. And then obviously once she did start doing things, it was just a, a shit show. I don't know. What do you say? Haas, you're always, it's like a shit show inside a dumpster fire inside a train, whatever that thing is that you always say. It was pretty much that. And uh, it lasted a grand total of 45 days. And then she was forced to resign. So uh, a number of key things about this situation that I found interesting was a, the lack of, political currency she was allowed to leverage because of the queen's death i didn't know that was a thing maybe if it happens here in the united states if a president takes office and you know how does that even work right i mean we we don't fall under the same scenario 
because if a pre- I don't know if a president dies and the vice tre- president takes over, is he forbidden from doing anything politically? I don't. I think don't believe so. so. No. Right. I mean, for continuity of office, he needs to be able to do, or she, well, whoever takes over, frankly, needs to be able to do it, something. It seems that seems like a very antiquated and outdated policy, right? Like, I mean, what happens if you're in the middle of wartime? Oh, we have to stop our queen. Our we, we just pause. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, pause can we this. get it? Can we get a timeout, please? Right. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of the first thing that we're not used to over here. It's a little weird. And of course, we would mourn the loss of a president, especially if it happened in office, sans Donald Trump, but that's neither here nor there either, is couldn't do anything. And then immediately comes out on the 23rd, her finance minister, Kwasi Kwarteng, however you pronounce it, I apologize if I just brutalized it, uh, unveils a significant shift in the country's economic strategy, promising to slash taxes for the highest earners the elite wealthy and the biggest corporations and no plans to pay for it. Um, yeah, you can call that a misstep, but as the prime minister, you should know what your cabinet is doing. And yeah, they, uh, the post sure. frames it like he did it kind of without her knowledge, which I don't believe. Uh, I'm, I'm sure she was a hundred percent knew it exactly what was going on. The reason I bring that up and I, Mac and I mentioned saying, you know, well, I want to correlate it to American politics is they are the conservative party in England we have a conservative party here in America, and there seems to be considerable correlation in the way they choose to approach things, which I think is interesting. And one of the things she got hammered on as the conservative party's member holding office is that the conservative party is supposed to be the fiscally responsible. But right. because of what they did on the 23rd of September, releasing this, slashing taxes for the highest earners, it threw the country into massive chaos from a financial standpoint. The United Kingdom's central bank was forced to hike interest rates and the cost of taking out mortgages soared. Inflation, already at record high, was continuing to rise. Cost of living increased. And that was the call from the public was the conservative party is supposed to be the, refis- the fiscally responsible party. What the fuck are you doing? I know you already said that, but or you said you're going to mention this, but uh, huh. <laughs> what a weird huh. thing. The party that's <laughs> supposed to be one thing yet isn't. Isn't right. And and so that's that's where I think the correlation is between the United Kingdom's politics and ours and that similarity. It's a little concerning. And I know they made a lot of correlations between Trump and Boris Johnson when both took office. So yeah, it's it's been an interesting situation. The shortest reigning prime minister and the shit show that has kind of surrounded the 45 days she was in office. Well, and, and the shit show that continues, right? Between right. Who, who's going to be the next prime minister? I mean, Boris Johnson coming out and saying, "Hey, I'll, I'll run again. I, I'm good. I'll, I'll step back in and, and handle business." No, and, and then you've got people saying, "Um, no, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll a bunch of uh, was it a, a bunch of um of the different uh, m- members of, of parliament would be like, no, we're just we'll we'll all just retire. Like we'll all just you know resign if he if he comes back in again." Right. Like, well, OK, the interesting part is they they drew in a lot of support from the working class individuals, the working class voters, because they were they embraced Brexit. The conservative party did. They wanted to separate from the European Union. And you can have your opinion on that one way or the other. But now they're turned off because they feel like the conservative parties, their sense is that they only represent the interests of the financial elite, which branches you're saying mm-hmm. is there a correlation there here in america that tends to be the same case so i i find that interesting but to claim they're the party of financial fiscal responsibility is interesting because i i texted this out she for 45 days in office 45 days worth of work which wasn't really 45 days worth of work because from september 6th to the 23rd she wasn't allowed to work because of the morning the loss of the queen is she drew a 25,000 pound paycheck, 25,600 pounds. I believe it was uh, drew that paycheck for that short of work got paid. That sounds very fiscally responsible. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. Uh, and then the interesting other aspect is a prime minister. Once they step down is entitled to 115,000 pound. It's not an income. It's not a pension. They don't draw. It's they like don't, a reimbursable account for right, performing that they can, the duties of former prime ministers. Right. So for the rest of her life, every year, she's entitled to 115,000 pounds, which equates to like $129,000 in American dollars. She can basically ride against it to reimburse herself for expenses that she has had uh, 
based on the job that she is doing, which I, to me is kind of unconscionable 45 days worth of work. And now you're entitled to 115,000 pounds a year that you can write against. Like what? Like, how is that fiscally responsible? A, you drew a 25,000 pound paycheck for 45 days worth of work. Who wouldn't love to do that? And then you're going to have this in your back pocket that you can always write against and get reimbursed for expenses for the rest of your life. What? Yeah. Um, I was trying to find the list of, I, I want to say there are four or five living former prime ministers who draw from that account. Um, you know, like David Cameron, Blair, Johnson, Blair. Tony, Blair. Yeah, Tony Blair. Um, yeah. but Johnson. yeah, that's, that's yeah. my understanding is it's not like it, it's like, it gets reviewed and you submit reimbursable expenses, right. which are paid out. But yeah, I mean, still as I've, you know, I'm sure a number of, of British citizens, United Kingdom citizens, uh, have said, uh, you should decline it. <laughs> you, you should certainly there should didn't be earn a thing. it <laughs> right uh I, I don't think it should even I, I maybe it's a thing they there should be a as Haas is fond of saying there should be a caveat somewhere in there that says you have to serve x amount of time to even to, to be eligible you know yeah then, that, that was my line of thinking with, earlier when you said it's like it seems to me that there would be some kind of stopgap measure in there that says hey you know a year I mean, that yeah. makes sense. I mean, you have to yeah. at least be in there for a calendar year, right? To, to qualify, so. right? I'm pretty, yeah. pretty sure that they would have never anticipated this happening though, right? I mean, so- Yeah, they're the first whole nation and, and one of the oldest and most powerful nations on the planet. You, you'd think this would have come up at some point, right? right. <laughs> but I guess it hasn't. They've got stability or, up until now. <laughs> or they're lobbying in their own favor to make more money that they don't deserve. Oh, that sounds kind of familiar. Mm, exactly. <laughs> so you let know, me separate go set of rules for themselves. So let me ask this question as a parallel. Uh, president takes office here in the United States and they earn an income of 400000 a year as president, regardless of whatever other income stream they possess. They work four years or eight years and it's a two-term limit and they get out of office. They immediately start drawing. Now, this is not the same because it is a paycheck. They earn $219,200 a year for the rest of their life. And it is a, it's a taxable, the secretary of the treasury pays it. It's a taxable pension to the president and all former presidents receive it. And it is equal to the salary of a cabinet secretary, executive level one. Uh, and it is, like I said, almost 220,000 a year. If they never do another day's work, if they don't do any speaking engagements, if they don't write a fucking book or what do they all go on to open a goddamn library, they're mm-hmm. going to earn 220 grand a year. Name me another job in this country where that happens. College football coach. Fair point. TikTok okay. influencer. Dan Mullen, got it. Uh, the other one uh, at Georgia now. Must champ. Must champ. Okay, fair, fair point. Fair point. I walked into that one. Um, but it's not a sustainable salary for the rest of their life. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It, it's not if he if if Muschamp had left Florida or South Carolina and never worked another day in his life, that money however much he gets, right? It's not, you're not getting it it's, paid year over year. It's the year. life of whatever the contract was or whatever they agreed to, right? Yeah, right, it's not a, right. It's not a guaranteed salary for the rest of your life. Um, and we've talked about this before though, right? I mean, yes, to us, $200,000 is a fuck ton of money to get every year for not doing anything. But we don't live the same lifestyle that they do. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I agree with what you're saying. It, it seems ridiculous that you're paying them not to do anything. Right. But th- that's not that much money for them. I, I, I guess my, my better statement is that that's not a sustainable living for them. They're going to have to do other things probably. No, but uh, I'm pose this to you, Mac. And maybe this is part of where the debate comes from. So you have a fundamental f- issue with a student receiving relief because you might have to carry that debt load, but I'm going to pay a president for the rest of his life. Let's take a Bill Clinton or a Barack Obama who were presidents in their forties, right? And you get mm-hmm. out they're 48, 50 years old, whatever. You're going to pay that income for the rest of their life. You're okay with shouldering that responsibility. What? Cause they did four did to I eight years. That? I'm asking, I'm, sorry, I'm asking. Yes. Well, you just said you're okay with that. That's Are, never what I, I said. apologize. Are you yeah. okay with no, that? No, I'm not. I, I don't see a value in, paying them 
you know, look, I don't get a pension where I work. Why should they? Right. Who does? Well, the whole argument anymore? is is that Nobody. once you once you hold those positions, it's not likely you'll ever be hired to to, to work again. And I think the the counter argument that yeah yeah the counter argument <laughs> is is uh, hello speaking engagements. Yeah. Like they're gonna get paid, right? Uh, hello memoir, you know. Or they'll sit on a board. Right to your memoir. Right? I mean, you know, I mean. For uh, name Haas. recognition alone. Yeah, Haas, you and I both worked for a law firm in the '90s. Senator Sam Nunn was there. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they don't have other avenues. Well, of and it wasn't just Senator Sam Dunn. It was Griffin Bell, who right. was uh, who was Jimmy Carter's former Attorney General, also worked uh, worked there. Exactly. So I mean, it's not that they don't have other avenues of income. So you go, oh well, you know, if they can earn speaking engagement, some of these presidents, hundreds of thousands of dollars just to show up somewhere, speak, and then walk away. Twenty minutes. Well, Twenty well, minutes. Yeah, in and out. Well, I mean, that's the government. You know, the way the government works. Anyway, it's not just. It's not just presidents. It's it's all sorts of jobs at the government level that get pensions still. Right. So, I mean, we can pick apart that all day long um, and, and, you know, say that. I, yeah, I don't know how much I agree with it or I don't agree with it. Right. Maybe maybe there are some jobs where, you know, it may make a little bit of sense. Um, but for the most part, no, I don't think it does. No. <laughs> It doesn't, I, I, and I am a hundred percent in well, agreement and, and with I you say, on that. And, I, and when I say some jobs, right? I mean, obviously the military, right? Um, and certainly for folks that have been disabled, and, and, and you know, obviously cannot work anymore. Um, I, I, I think it makes complete sense to take care of those folks, right? And, and, and I'm looking at you know positions and potentially like police and firefighters, but you know, the guy that's working in an office, you know, at your local city. You know, municipality. No, I, I don't see where they should get you know any sort of a pension off the government that the taxpayers are paying for the rest of their life. Right, and and I agree. And again, I think in by and large in this country, corporations don't do pensions anymore. They do four hundred one ks. I think the caveat is, and I think obviously, I don't think anybody should be a lifelong politician because I think there's there's a lot of bad that goes along with that. But I do think if you have been a servant. Uh, of of your people, uh, and you've been a, a legitimate servant, um, then yes, there should be some kind of pension, right? There, there should be something that, that goes into. I mean, because if if you give up a majority of your but life, they're not a servant. They're they're getting paid for that. Yeah, but shouldn't there be some kind of retirement? But is that really the bigger issue? Well, or, how do I mean, you, it's just I mean, an annoying you, side you, issue. The bigger issue yeah. is this insane proposal that sent their economy like into the tank requiring you know the bank of england to like shore up <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it, was like a, it was like a scene from mary poppins right you know like, where she, they were fired, shutting doors right. and... she fires the head of the exchequer you know as the first fall guy who was the architect of the plan right and then the unthinkable happened which was members of the party started to speak out which is unheard of you know in the sense of like you don't typically badmouth your own leader because you, you get blacklisted but the next thing they knew, it just kept gaining momentum. And then and she makes this 83-second speech, and everybody's like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah, her own party was trying to find a way to replace her. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get this, like, she's not going to outlast a head of lettuce, which is is a funny, you know, phrase. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it, it speaks to it speaks to the financial crisis issue, I think, globally right now. Um, it's happening here in Austria. I, I imagine it's to some degree happening, right? You guys are having high fuel prices and energy crisis issue prices, right? I mean, I think it's happening worldwide. And when you come in and you're supposed to be the leader of the conservative party and you, you submit a... Uh, quote calamitous economic picture when <laughs> energy prices are rising and we're about to face the cold months um you you should expect to get ousted right like i mean i can't i can't imagine that was i can't imagine that was well thought i just want well to understand executed. what economic theory is behind this that mm-hmm. thought this would be a solution when what they were dealing with was inflation and projected higher energy costs which are going to go up you know now and again in january and so those that are already dealing with difficult financial situations got hit, you know, with this like shock to the market where you well, saw the British pound go to like its lowest right. point against the dollar and however long. Uh, agreed. Because the combination of those, those things tell, and, and let's be honest, Great Britain is very proud of 
uh, England specifically, right, is proud of their, their financial stability, right? I mean, like even joining the EU, they never they never switched over to the euro. They always maintained the British pound. And so what does that tell the rest of the world when you start making all these moves? I mean, it scares the shit out of, the, out of markets all over the globe, right? That right. you're not financially well, sound. Well, that and it's like when you allow a radical to step in, which she clearly became, because if you look at her history, she converted over, uh, yeah. not unlike uh, a certain former president of ours, mm-hmm. you know, and then drops this economic bomb and I found it interesting too. I mean, and, and, you know, going back to what Duke was talking to us about, like I realized how little I understood about this, the more I looked into it because we just don't really have news that delves into it short of some type of calamitous event like this. But, you know, it's, she was elected. She, she won a leadership contest among members of the conservative party. Um, the, the party, the party's members of parliament narrowed the field to two candidates and then put the vote to about 160,000 dues paying party members, which is an underrepresented group of like the kingdom writ large. Right. right. And you, you know, get at, what at, you the, vote of, for of the nation's 67 million residents, about 160 who are likely male and older middle-class and white or who selected her. And so, you know, the the discussion I also saw, which I don't fully understand the mechanics of this is right now they're trying to survive by quickly putting somebody else back in place, whether it is the scandal ridden Boris Johnson or somebody else. But if there's a call for another general election, they might see this party just get crushed. Well, and I think that's what they have to do, right? Like, I mean, you've got to have stability going forward with, with what everybody is anticipating for for the energy uh, crisis that's that's here and will be ongoing for the foreseeable future. How do you not? And I guess that's one of the things I wanted to talk about, Grinch, because I know you say, well, the, the the bigger issue is X, Y, Z. And I agree with that. My My problem is the correlation between the missteps that got made from a fiscal standpoint to then circle to, oh, we're going to continue to pay her and we're going to give her access. Like none of it is fiscally responsible. (laughs) And why are they surprised? Yeah. I mean, I I don't disagree with that in the sense of, I I just see them as two separate things. Like they are, but I'm trying to draw a parallel. It was there in place and it it, it didn't envision this short of a tenure, you know? No, I I, I feel like the overall arcing point though, is is they're supposed to be the gold standard, right? They're supposed to be, the pound is supposed to be secure. They're supposed to be conservative. They're supposed to be responsible, fiscally responsible. And clearly everything they're doing right now is showing the world and telling the world uh, they're not. No offense, but I'm not sure they've been fiscally responsible since they, since Brexit. Well, I I would agree. That was, that was so stupid. Right. That was one of the dumbest things they've ever done because, I mean, it's killing them with the money they've had to pay to pay to get out. And they're going to have to continue to pay the taxes and the tariffs and everything they're going to get because they're no, no, they're no longer part of the EU that they're going to. I mean, it's killing the trading partner uh, issue lines. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. And I, and, and I guess because we're not in that situation, we don't live in that environment, that that government makeup, you know, it's hard to understand. But you know, she served in office for 44 days. She campaigned for 53 days. So she campaigned longer than she served. And then here, the, what is this, bigissue.com is saying, not only does she get the 25,000 pounds that she earned, access to the 115,000 pound trust, she's also going to continue to earn her MP because she's going to backbench as an MP. She'll now that she stepped down, she goes back to being a member of parliament. She'll be backbenching and she'll be earning. Uh, where did I see it? I think it said 79. She will continue to earn the basic MP salary of 84,000 pounds as she continues to backbench as an MP. So you can step down after 44 days and, and it's like, it's like there's no repercussions for the shit that you did to the country. Well, and now I mean, somebody else is going to have to step in and deal with it. As we saw with our politics, you know, you think you get fed up with the quote unquote professional politicians. And we've, we've talked about that a number of times, like you get it. Then you, you allow, you know, this not well thought out yet emotionally driven movement of voting because you think they're saying the things you're all frustrated about. And then you end up with this, like I said, radical action that the common 
person, you know, uh, citizen of the United Kingdom is probably not on board with, but they're not empowered currently to do anything right. about it. And, it. and short of another general election call, which it, it looks like absent an early election, the next general election has it has to be completed by January 2025. And then it's like, where are they in the meantime? Yeah, well, and, well, and they, they, bet, it, they right? damn well better figure that shit out. It's, <laughs> you know, I mean, the last thing you want when you're heading into economic crisis is uncertainty at the helm. Right. So, I mean, I get it as a British citizen, you know, you don't want up complete upheaval either. You know, you're just going, can somebody just calm the waters, please? So we can start anticipating, you know, with, with faith, what the next year will look like. <laughs> but the question is who steps in Boris Johnson's not the answer. But who steps in to to resolve that issue? I don't know because I don't know enough about their candidacy. I mean, you know, I see these names. I don't, I don't know one from another, which just <laughs> like, again speaks I, I to. Don't our, either... I mean, you know, Rishi Sunak is a name that popped up recently. Like, I don't, the, I don't. The former Home Secretary uh, Preeti Patel, um, and then there was a third figure, um, which was another woman, um, Penny yeah. Penny Wise. No, <laughs> uh, money, Penny. Uh, more, vot, more, 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 dant, more dot, more dant, gotcha. something like that. I think, I don't know. So the conservative party is in power. It's the party in power. So it will be a member from the conservative party. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. Because they don't, until they have an election, the conservative party remains in power. Yes. Uh, I believe that is true. Which but the problem how, is you've just how, lost the trust of the it, people. It, that's what I'm saying. Where's your credibility as a party? You don't have any. Uh, yeah. I mean, this article, which I think is a day old, said there are 700,000 signatures on the petition to have another general election. And that should happen. Which, if you're the conservative party right now, you've got to be very fearful of that. You yeah. probably don't want it to happen. You're like, Thank, thanks, Liz. Yeah. Well, it's not just her fault, right? I mean, it's, no. I mean, they're, they're the party that put her up there and got her in the, you know, got her in the seat. She didn't do it by herself. So that's my point. Like, yeah, <laughs> they've got no one to blame but themselves. I mean, I've seen some interviews with her. Unless she's just an idiot savant, <laughs> she didn't do it by herself. Yeah. She approval just doesn't come 10%. across. That's 10. what you saw? I wow. saw an approval rating, negative 70%. Now, I don't know how they calculate a negative, but they said the only, the only political figure that has a lower is Vladimir Putin at negative 84%. Wow. I'm a seven and a half under seven and a half point underdog. <laughs> this on my bye week. <laughs> I mean, does that mean when you are a negative, does that mean everybody in your country hates you and every country outside now weighs in and you're a negative 70%? Have to be it, I would think. Because I don't know what the ramifications because I know they're not part of the European Union, but that's got to make an impact on Europe when the pound tanks you know, import exports to other countries and things of that nature. I mean, that has to weigh in as a factor. I would have to imagine. Yeah. I, Where's the Duke when you need I, I mean, it's still like the broad sense of there's, there's some of these movements are not dissimilar from what we see in other countries of like this belief that, I mean, like immigration tends to be another issue that just springs up because people are just mad in general. And they're like, I want you to take action, but I don't really, I, I haven't heard the details, but I think you'll be better than what we have. Right. Uh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> As you're fond of saying, that's voting with your feet. Well, and... I just, I, I just don't know. I don't know how it is that a nation that's supposed to be so evolved gets to this place. I mean, like you, you, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to, to see where, the world economy is going and we're independent, you know, first world nation economies are going. I mean, everyone with the power crisis coming off of the heels of a two to two and a half to three year pandemic that killed a lot of economies already. Like, I, I just don't even know how that was ever even a discussion to get them to this place. I mean, I think the first misstep was Brexit. Sure. The second 100%. was putting Boris Johnson in office Yeah. on the heels of that. Then you and get then the pandemic. You get the pandemic. Right? Then you get Putin and an energy crisis Ukraine, for Europe. Yep. And then suddenly, you know, Boris is 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 doing his Boris things, and then he steps down. And I think it was a rush to put in 
I would say at the time it was probably a rush to put in what they assumed would be the least destructive candidate. And clearly that didn't work out. Yeah. It's a shame. Shada. You know, and, and I guess my, my concern becomes you look at the correlation to American politics and you go, well, we were in a similar situation all, not all that long ago. You know, somebody in office who God knows how the fuck he got there, but really was looking out for the elite in this country, uh, had the support of the working individual for whatever fucking reason. He was not their candidate and is still not, even if he cho- if he does or does not choose to run, God forbid that ever happens. But, you know, you talk about it, Haas, from a perspective of here, you have this country who is supposed to be a world leader, been around thousands of years. How do they make those mistakes? We're doing the same thing. There's 67 million strong there. We're 335 million strong here. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> clearly the number of people doesn't ramp up the level of intelligence. No, some some might even argue it waters it down. Bring greatly. it brings it down. To the lowest combinator, common denominator, really quickly. Yeah, um, just I think you said some of this, Haas. Uh, but yeah, Boris Johnson, former prime minister, we already know his story. Um, Rishi Sunak, former chancellor of the Exchequer or finance minister, who quit Johnson's government and ran to succeed him. He lost out to trust after a campaign in which he warned of the dangers of the type of economic policies that her government went on to propose. Hmm. <clears throat> Um, not broadly popular in the conservative party, but he has an exceptional resume. And then Penny Mordaunt, uh, she also ran to succeed. Johnson came in third, good communicators performed well during brief tenure, um, as the leader of the house of commons on October 21st, she became the first person to declare her candidacy for the position. Many think she is the best candidate to unite the warring factions of the conservative party. Which one? Mordaunt? Mordaunt. I, I mean, as somebody who thinks very highly of this ally and this, the people and this, you know, the kingdom, I want to see them led well. Um, we need them to be stable and, dare I say, predictable. <laughs> I mean, they're one of our largest, like, partners around the world. Right? I mean, right. it just, I, I have, you know, from military service and otherwise, I have nothing but respect. Um, and it just pains me as I'm sure it pained a good portion of the world to watch us. I just hate to see them going through these twists and turns when, and you know, we've talked about this before, you know, people don't like politicians, but I like my politics to be boring. I really do. I just want it to be quietly at the helm doing generally good. <laughs> you know? just generally a good. positive trajectory I mean, on balance you know don't, don't you kind of miss the days where the worst thing we had to deal with politically was the president getting a freaking blowjob in the oval office <laughs> if yeah. only like, i mean like Jesus. talk about simpler times <laughs> yeah. and people got upset about that i'm like yeah but monica, that, that's nothing monica come over here and give daddy some sweet lovings yeah yeah. What if, and by the way, we're paying him two hundred and twenty thousand right, dollars right. a year. So you know, there's that. Um, and of course, they're also saying now, Grinch. You mentioned the election. Regardless of whether or not they wait till twenty twenty five, how can they? I don't know if they go ahead and try to push one through. Because of this happening, the two major parties right now are the Labor Party and the Conservative Party. And now, of course, the Labor Party jumps to a monumental lead in terms of opinion polls. Over the conservative party, naturally, you would expect that. So, of course, as you mentioned, they're in crisis mode. If they decide to go ahead and bump up a general election and do it now, conservatives are going to be on the outside of the car looking in at somebody else driving. You know, they're going to be running next to the car trying to clean the fucking windshield. Yeah. Because it looks like right now the Labor Party's going to dominate if they choose to go ahead and have another general election. Yeah. Which, which again, which is exactly why the conservative party does not want that. Um, right. I, I, I'm relying on one piece of a sentence that I read that I cannot back up with facts without doing research. But my understanding is that's what happened in Canada is they went through a period of time where the conservative party was very much in, you know, in the majority and through a series of, you know, reactionary steps, it led to the party getting decimated in terms of its influence. And my feeling would be in this moment that (laughs) that's probably what would happen. Is if they were to have a general election, there would be a 
a, a purging of uh, a number of conservative MPs. And it's probably necessary. <laughs> because again, uh, uh, Haas, if you, as you've said, lifelong politicians tend to, they tend to get stuck in a rut in terms right, of they, how they well, view they the become world. complacent. Yes. Yeah, they become complacent and become out of touch and out of tune with you know the real pulse of what's happening. And look, I mean, I'm not saying scorched earth, but every now and then, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, that's what Mother Nature occasionally. That's what happens, right? You end up with scorched earth, and then things grow back better and thicker and and you know more more abundant and lush. Well, and and you know, and I, <laughs> I'm gonna overblow this, I think, but. You know, it reminds me of like the old Roman Republic. It's like, why did a Caesar come in? It's because they got to where they didn't think anything of the Senate and what it represented and, you know, just perceiving it to be a body that didn't accomplish anything. So this larger than life cult of personality person comes on board and suddenly it completely disrupts what is a system designed to balance power and you know, there are dangers when you do that. <laughs> and they're, and, and they're right. And when they're charismatic, they're easy to get behind. They're easy to follow. Yeah. Simple messages, you know, who's going to build the wall. Like, right. and, and as we saw with our own, that, the own freaking guy, he, he delivered on like none of that shit in terms of what he said would happen, but there was no accounting because of this loyalty to a fault to these parties, which I don't care what country you're in. I don't understand. I'll never understand loyalty to a party. Like, well, they, yeah, I mean, Grinch, you and I are both there. I mean, we've both been registered Republicans, but neither one of us have ever. I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't ever. I don't think I've ever punched, uh, uh, you know, across the ticket. And I know I definitely haven't been voting Republican for many years now, even though that's mm -hmm. what I'm registered as. You know, so I, I agree with you, and and I think we both know people in our in our lives that do that. And we don't understand why they do that because that's clearly just not the wise and smart and equitable thing to do. Well, yeah. it's, uh, I, my dad will tell you my, his parents, Baptist, staunch religious types, same with Republicans. And, and my dad would joke if Jesus ran as a Democrat and the devil ran as a Republican, even though they were religious, they'd vote for the fucking devil because mm -hmm. they are just, they're like that. They just that's a great down analogy. that side of the ticket yeah, and that's, that's how they vote. They don't give a shit. And no, no. I, I don't know. I can't unpack the psychology of in the socio sociological aspects of that, but I agree with it. <laughs> so the question is, they had this massive failing in England. Do supporters, do the working class supporters of the conservative party, which clearly don't feel like that's their party, do they begin to shift? Do they find themselves, okay, we'll lean towards the Labor Party, which is maybe, maybe more in line with us? Or do they hold strong like people do in this country where they're like, nope, still voting fucking red or blue, doesn't fucking matter? Yeah, and I I mean, again, with politics, uh, it's, it's like, what is the messaging, you know, that leads to that feeling like this is now the party that you associate with? Because, I mean, for America, and thank goodness this isn't true for other countries, you know, it's like guns and fucking abortion, right? And like maybe immigration, but there's, it's just an, an emotional topic. Like, you know, they'll throw out some anecdotes they hear on Fox News, but statistically, you know, like we talked with OJ, if you just said, okay, we're just stopping it, we're just stopping it, it would have a detrimental effect to our economy. Right. You know, but you can't have those kind of rational that's not the rational thinking that goes into choosing a candidate. Typically it's more like, I just think I like them more or this person saying shit that I like and agree with. And by God, I'm angry. And the other person doesn't seem to say anything that speaks to why I'm angry because they, by their nature, those aren't the things that get them angry. Right. <laughs> you know? And therefore we have no common ground. <laughs> right. You know, it, it's, it's like, you know, as a Democrat right now, you know, do you really want to have to say every time, like, I'm not trying to take all your guns, I'm not trying to take all your guns. I'm not trying to take all your guns, you know, because then you just you're basically just fending off the attacks. You're not proactively offering what you're about. Right. You you're know? just saying I'm not doing you're not telling me what you are doing. Right. And then the Republicans are not dumb, you know, and most of these conservatives and other related parties aren't dumb. Like if you start talking anything monetary related to taxes it's socialism right right 
you tag it with something horrific. Which is so horrible that that's become <laughs> such a negative connotation, right? Because so many countries make it work and make, make it work well. well. But, such- but I swear to you, when I talk to my own family, some of my own family members, and you bring up socialism, it's like this taboo thing. It's like, listen, I'm not trying to get you to come over on Friday nights and, and practice keystering, right? Like, <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to explain to you that there's a better system out there that you should consider because the current system is a pay-for system. And if you can't pay in or you can't pay enough, you don't get. Right. And that's fucked up. Yeah. I, I, I get, I think that's the one thing that frustrates me when I get into conversations with people about taxes. And I know we're way off topic because we're no longer talking about England's governmental situation. But when they talk about taxes and I'm like, you realize if you've taken a political science class ever, taxes are the only way the government pays for things. It's through taxes. That's the government's income. And so when they cut taxes, that money's got to come from somewhere. What did Bush do? He borrowed from the Chinese. I mean, you have to make up that shortfall. If your budget's a billion dollars and you bring in a billion in taxes and you go, I'm cutting taxes by half and you bring in 500 million, that other 500 million has to come from somewhere. And I, I, it frustrates when people go, oh, fucking cut taxes. Asshole. <laughs> you understand how that's going to affect us. Because what they end up doing is they end up either cutting beneficial programs to make up the difference or they end up borrowing from somebody and guess what those loans come due eventually and the problem i have is what is what does cutting taxes actually really do for the individual what does it really do what you can buy a snowmobile or a four-wheeler or uh a new bass boat or what like like what what do you really so you're gonna go buy a piece of hunk of junk that's not gonna be worth squat once you take it off the lot Mm -hmm. right it's gonna lose 50 percent of its value Right. Well, what, it, what, what is it you're really like? Okay. I guess to some degree you're putting back into the economy. And I guess I was that's say, because now you're, you're going to have but, to take that boat to somebody is to that, get it fixed. Right. So is, kind of yeah, but hold a job. on. But is that better than better education, better infrastructure, better oh. uh, health care? Uh, well, I mean, you know, just running with that, it's like, well, how are you going to get that boat where it goes? Yeah. Well, we, we've decided we're not building any roads. If you want the road, you can pay for it. But right. we as a government are not going to provide a road. That's right. in our collective interest, even though we all know roads get made with taxes. Exactly. Bridges get made with taxes. You know? Right. Mac, what were you going to say, brother? No, I was just gonna, I was going to go back to Haas's point. I mean, you know, you have you rode a sweet ass jet ski before? I mean, they're kind of fun. <laughs> they so. are panty droppers. Ridden a sweet ass jet ski before. Yes. Um, no, I get your point, though, right? I mean, I, I'm playing devil's advocate, obviously, when I when I say, okay, so you cut taxes, people have more disposable income, so they go and buy stuff, and that create, you know, in theory, in theory, that creates jobs long term. But when you cut those taxes, the store said you've you've now had to alleviate some of the programs that those same people might rely on and benefit from um, and benefit from. So, yeah, I, I've never understood, you know, and, and again, not to go too far from it, right. That was always Trump's thing, right. You know, is the working class. We're going to cut taxes. We're going to cut taxes to the working class. And they all bought into it. And I'm like, but he's going to also cut a lot of the programs that you, depend you need. On. Mm-hmm. Right. I get it. How it's does like, that make what? sense to you? Because uh, that or you know why you understand relatively, you probably gained a thousand dollars, which maybe is a big deal to you, right? But is it? But a thousand dollars for your hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know? It's just, (laughs) but 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 again, when you make that argument, as we are all middle class individuals, name the last time you got a pay or a, a tax cut where you saw in your paycheck, you went like, oh fuck yeah. Look at uh, that. Well, no, I never noticed it. Yes. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, my lifestyle's different. College right. is no. affordable. I can, right. you know. Right. That's what I'm saying. If somebody yep. said, we're going to raise taxes, but education's free, sign me the fuck up. But nobody said that, though. That's the problem, right? Well, people have Bernie, said, we're going to raise Sanders. taxes. Well, yeah, Bernie <laughs> well, was saying. Um, Elizabeth Warren, yeah. But they're not going to, they, they don't indicate what they're going to then do with that money, right? I, I oh, mean, I think I, a lot of people would get, well, I, I would hope I, a lot of people would get on board if you said, fine, we're going to raise taxes, but, you know, we're going to give you health care, we're going to give you education, we're going to give you this and that. Um, I mean, to me, I, I still come back to thinking George H.W. Bush is one of the best presidents we've ever had. You know, read my lips, no new taxes, but he came in, saw the budget, saw the issues, 
and they got eviscerated no, for it. No, 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 no. You know, <clears throat> George was not a dumb man. He knew well before he said no new taxes, he was going to have to raise taxes because he knew what his predecessor had done. He was there with him. That's probably true. And he was like, fuck, man. But he wanted <laughs> yeah. to get elected. And he said, no right. new taxes. Coming on the heels of this bullshit trickle down economics, right. which is just another phrase for tax cuts, because. If everybody has more money, we're just going to see the benefits of that all over the place. No. Never, never worked. Right. It's never worked. My parents didn't no. buy a jet ski in the 80s. So I'm just saying. But because well, uh, they didn't want you to have any fun toys. I know. That's they true. probably That's actually true. had one. They Fucking just kept assholes. it at the other house. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. But, it, and, and, I don't know. You look at this situation and it's it echoes some of the same things because she's like, oh, we're going to slash taxes. Yeah, but you're only doing it for like the one percent, which is what generally happens here in this country. And I know you mentioned Bernie and Bernie's like, oh, lower middle class. We're going to help them. You know, that's our, our focus. But to help them, you tend to have to raise taxes, not cut taxes. You cut taxes on the the upper echelon of earners. That hurts everybody else raise taxes and and you know those like you're saying those uh benefits that a lot of those families need those those social programs and whatnot don't get cut education doesn't get cut or they're looking at how do we cut things to manage a budget that we can no longer afford because we cut taxes well and and i mean the grand irony of all this and and i know certain you know smart people and conservatives and so forth know this, but the, simple, the, the straightforward way to help the middle class is you offset the things that cost them a lot, like healthcare, right? you know, like Education. basic cost of living that they can't not have. That's how you help them because that in turn puts money back in their pockets month over month over years to start making an economic difference. Not a, here's a one-time thousand dollar check uh, I really hope your life's better for the next week or so. By the way, spend it on us back in the, you know, don't, don't yeah. save it. Don't use it for anything else. Yeah. Spend get, it. get that car fixed. You know, never mind the fact the other person that's got 20 cars and five houses, but you're just trying to use your one just to get through the day. Right. <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> so let me ask a question. When you see something like this with England, does anybody look at this and go, thank God we're not the only fucked up country? Politically speaking, Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. This is big solace. No, solace. I think I'm sad that, 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 that there's other countries that are in the same boat, right? Well, our our literal and figurative DNA is so is you know certainly connected with this this people, and so it feels familiar. Sadly, like it's the one that I feel like I can kind of relate to. Like if you were to delve into like Spanish politics and some of their various regions and so forth. I, I just don't know it. I can't relate to it. Right. I don't know why some are so angry about different regions, but with, with England, you feel like we've got some history. Um, and like I said, I love and respect them. And so it, it's, it's painful. You know, you kind of hoped that one would help educate the other by seeing some of these fucking Muppets that have come into politics. And yet, you know, you see these clowns over in England go, or, you know, United Kingdom, and you're just like, oh, if only you could study us and just be like, you you guys saw what happened, right? This is yeah. a shit show. It, it, yeah, <laughs> Thor, that, that, as usual, Grinch made it, made the point much more eloquently than I did. That, that's exactly what I was trying to get at when I said I'm sad. It makes me sad because it's like, you know, could, could you have not learned from us? You know, we, we did this. We fucked up. You saw the blueprint. You made fun of us, rightfully so. <laughs> and yeah, you went and did the same fucking thing. I, I honestly think, though, these we probably do it. They've probably done it as they look at it and go, yeah, we'll do it better. Like, we'll we we have learned. Yeah, you we think get everybody it. Everybody thinks that. <laughs> and then they end up in the same fucking shit show. And it's just like, oh, so you learn. Did you? Uh huh. And again, it'll be a vicious fucking circle. It'll happen to somebody again. And, and everybody will look going, did you not just watch? what happened in this country or that country. And it's just like, we, we tend to make the same fucking mistakes. It's circular and it's horrible. But yeah, I think part of me was like, <laughs> better you than us. But again, we'll come yeah. back around at some point. We'll be in the same boat, especially yeah. if Dick Santis runs for president. Like, I mean, fuck yeah. me if that happens. Or, or certainly not out of the woods. No. <clears throat> no. 
He's a man of the people. I'm so tired of seeing fucking ads with him. So fucking tired of it. Something <sighs> you guys thankfully don't have to worry about right now. But yeah, uh, 2024 is coming. Just, just saying. Hey, uh, uh, the fam is doing early voting right now. <clears throat> that's what we are doing. We got ours in the mail because, you know, we we like to do fraudulistic voting. So mm-hmm, we have our mail mm-hmm. ballots. So we're good. Uh, Leo wants me to remind the listeners that he's just choking. <laughs> <laughs> or am I? Nothing that suitcase. I don't, I don't think he is. <laughs> there was this suitcase. We found a suitcase. Le- Leo like- wants me to remind all the listeners that Thor's sarcasm has no no bounds hey, whatsoever hey, Thor, did your did your dogs get their early voting forms as well uh, i assume they're voting this year so that's good yeah i got two dogs and three cats of course we're all voting and there's a reason why they all have human names exactly <laughs> and they have a social security number and they're registered with the state <laughs> i am in fact joking just in case if anybody was concerned but uh you know it's funny because Grinch, you put this out and my daughter had also mentioned this to me. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. Well, obviously it's in people's consciousness. Cause I honestly, I didn't even realize it had happened until she, she sent me the article and you sent it out. I was like, Oh, so then I started scanning. And of course her thing was the frustration of how is somebody going to get 115,000 pound, <laughs> basically fucking golden parachute for the rest of their lives after this shit show and so i was like okay let well, me i mean quite frankly it's, it's no worse than what some of these golden parachutes some of these you know ceos and yeah i was gonna say really it's companies. Companies. I mean, it's, well it's I, abhorrent I, I don't know how we get into these situations where this happens and you know and, most people don't pay attention man most, most people don't care <laughs> until it directly <laughs> impacts them and even then they don't really do the due diligence to understand why it happened or continue to do the diligence uh, on a day in and day out basis to try and prevent it from happening again well, no offense. They just, listen, they just listen to whatever new the singular news agency that they trust and believe, and they believe them to a fault. With everything going on in your daily lives, how would you have time to do the requisite research for all the shit that happens? Bro, There's just bro, you, you could Yeah, but but hold on, but 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 to some degree, you make time for what's important. I, I thought my the friends, topic my was family. a for, forcing function. Honestly, yeah, that's your why, family. Is. That's ahead, why sorry. I I just thought it was a forcing function to make me learn more about it. And none wrong with um, that. And, and also, I found it very amusing that a 60 pence iceberg lettuce from Tesco in a blonde wig outlasted the. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> <trust>. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, and again, I guess she was not doing public appearances and actually had one of her yeah. ministers go out and they, and he, he or she made the comment, I promise you, she is not under her desk hiding. Right. And well, that became pervasive. There was one thing she did at the very beginning where I guess the incoming prime minister meets with the BBC and does this like meet the prime minister interview type thing. And I, I don't remember the exact specifics of the situation, but it was something to the effect of she lied to them and told them she couldn't make it because there was a death in the family and she had to attend the funeral, which was not true. It, it, there was none. So cl- clearly th- there were a lot of missteps and clearly this was not someone who was properly vetted or handled uh, or can, can, could be contained in any way, shape, manner, or form. They should have put them in one of the most powerful positions on the globe. Yeah. And John Oliver uh, on uh, this week, the what is this, this week, this week, tonight, uh, HBO. Yeah. Last thank you. On HBO. Last, last week, week yeah. last week, tonight did a, a segment on them before she ever took office and her and the other candidate, I guess were both just dysfunctional in their own right. And even of course, because of his English heritage, it was almost like, which one are they going to pick? Like what two of these two, like who, like I mentioned, who's the least destructive was the other guy better. No one will ever know because obviously we got her or they got her and you look at what happened. So uh, and and no small part, I'm thankful I don't live there. But in some way, I'm I'm like I live here. And how much better have we been? <laughs> uh, I know Mac will tell me. Well, then move to North Korea, bitch. You know if you don't like it, mm-hmm. that's right. Up. Move to North Korea and get you some indentured slaves. That's right. <laughs> or be and an indentured slave. And let those missiles fly. That's it. That's right. <laughs> as long as you're uh, in North Korea, where they're flying from, you're okay. Yeah, they're not long range. We're fine. Uh, you know what, as, as always, gentlemen, I appreciate y'all being here. This, this was one and I Grinch, I appreciate you bringing it to the table and, and my daughter and no small part mentioning it to me. Cause I did what, what did you call it? Force, what? 
forcing function. For, yeah. So I, I had to research it. And I was like, okay, this is something uh, I'm interested to see what this is about. And then when you start yeah. to delve into it, all of the things involved, it's like, oh God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Did you self look your ice cream cone too? Every day. Okay. Right before we joined, actually, I was, oh wait, ice, ice cream. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I appreciate you guys taking the time to discuss this. You know, it's, it's an interesting situation. It's a cautionary tale, whether or not they'll learn from it. They clearly haven't learned from our situation, whether or not they'll learn from their own remains to be seen. So it is what it is. Good luck to them. Hopefully they figure it the fuck out. Uh, as always, if you'd like to check out all of our shows, you can hit up our website at aspiriteddebate.com. All of the drinks that we have here or all of the episodes are housed in the vault. Feel free to listen to them. You can drop us a line. If that's not good enough for you, remember macbottom003 at gmail.com. You can drop us a line there. We'd love to have fan mail. Whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Send pictures. Mac, send drinks. Mac actually I feel, I feel bottom lonely. pictures. I do. Bottom pictures. That's uh, it. I feel lonely. Nobody's emailed me yet. And oh, and if Mac bottom zero zero three is not your thing, you can always hit us up at the full horseman at a spirit of debate.com. Drop us a line, a drink you'd like us to try, a topic you'd like us to debate. We'd love to hear from you. And if it's possible, we will get you on the show and let you debate whatever topic topic it is you bring to the table. So with that being said, gentlemen, as always, I love doing this with you week in and week out. And we will do this again next week. information or opinions expressed during the A Spirited Debate podcast series or any affiliated podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests involved and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the host or guest may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. While guests are invited to listen, listeners acknowledge that they are not being provided professional advice from the podcast or its guests. The content within the parameters of A Spirited Debate podcast series or any affiliated podcast are for entertainment and educational purposes only. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual.